It's good to see everyone this morning. I was telling somebody I like to make my rounds because it's been a year since I've seen some of you. Uh, not your fault, but my fault since I'm in the LC so much. But uh, just got word. We got 156 people out there in the LC worshiping with us this morning. And just bring that back to you this morning just to say this. We are, God is so good to us. And, and I know that sometimes it's frustrating because we're so split up. And especially 945, 11, 11 out there. It just feels like, well, man, I've lost touch. Well, let me tell you this. God is doing amazing things still at Mount Airy. And it's because of you and your service and your faithfulness and uh, just the grace of God. Um, we need to continue to remember our pastor. He, he texted me this morning and said they had a great service this morning already. Um, and uh, so we just continue to pray for them, pray for their safety uh, and everything that's going on there. Uh, they're going to be relaxing today, eating some pizza. I think Jennifer's going to be fixing that for them. So just remember them as they continue to work, and I think they leave Wednesday. Uh, so just remember them. Also, just want to make mention that the Gores, Bobby and Robin Gore, and Sarah and Lily, I think a few of them are here, and I just lost them. Where are you at? Stand up. Thank you so much. Y'all stand, so some of you might not know you. <laughs> Thank you. They are serving in Sevierville, Utah, and uh, so they came home this weekend for a, a family event, and we're glad to have you here this morning. I told them I apologize that, that pastor's not here. They, they get to hear second best, uh, but no, just kidding, just kidding. Uh, I am second to him, but, uh, but anyway, we're glad y'all are here. I, I know um, Sarah's up there, isn't she? Yeah, there she is, and Lily, I think, is in the LC uh, this morning, so we're glad y'all are here this morning, so... God bless you. Let's turn in our Bibles to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. As you're turning, I'm just going to tell you this. I feel a lot more at ease in this service, and it's because the camera's not on me. Um, the other day, my aunt came in. We had a, a birthday party. My aunt came in, and she handed me my very first sermon. And uh, she said, I, I just thought maybe you'd want this. You could watch it. She handed it to me, and I said, this is a VHS tape. I can't watch it. Um, <laughs> So if anybody's got a VHS recorder, I can bar, I can watch that. But I probably don't because I remember the very first time I preached at Washington Avenue over in Greenville. They were on TV at GGS, and uh, some of you remember that. And I'll never forget standing in the pulpit for the very first time, not thinking about that, but I look over, and there's a red light staring at me. And uh, as a 19-year-old, it was very scary, um, and it still is. But uh, I, I love being in here with you guys. I love being in the pulpit that our pastor would even trust me to be in front of you. So um, let's just dig into the Word. I want to give you a few things today. In Romans chapter 12, I want to read some Scripture to you. It says, Therefore, I urge you, verse 1, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you, just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others." We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, 
let him do it cheerfully. I want you to pray with me right quick. Father God, I thank you so much for the privilege it is to stand here before your word. And God, I pray that you would just speak to all of us. God, that you would use this text and that you would help us to respond to your word. God, we we don't do this on Sunday mornings just to tickle our ears and just to meet our desires, God, but we do this so that we can please you. So God, I pray that you would challenge us. I pray that you would correct us, rebuke us, train us in righteousness, God. Whatever you need to do, Father, this morning, I pray that our lives would be changed forevermore because of your word and not mine. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. I was reading the other day in a leadership blog and, and just trying to catch up on things and, and be better. And, and, and I read a quote that I thought this was so true uh, for myself, but also true for us as a church. And it said this, that if you don't tell people what's important, they may guess. And they may guess wrong. I thought about that for our church, and not to say that you don't know important things or what's important here, but what I want to do today is just remind you of what's important to us as the body of Christ at Mount Airy. There are four things that we've introduced to you. I don't know how long it's been. It, the years fly by now, so maybe two, three, four years ago, we introduced to you four words that I believe are very important to our church as a body in helping you take your next step to becoming a fully devoted follower of Christ. And those four things were encounter God through worship, connect with one another in BSF, small group, discover your place of ministry, and to reach the world for Christ. These four things are important to us, and as a staff, we want to equip you to help you to take that next step towards becoming a more devoted disciple of Jesus Christ, and we believe these are ways that you do that. Today, I want to kind of in, to, to, to hit on this idea of discovering your place of ministry, and I want to just look in the Scriptures. I don't want to say anything just from, from my vocabulary or what I want to say or what I've written down for today. I want to take a look at God's Word and see what it says about discovering our place in the ministry of a local church. And Paul gives us some good words here. In in chapter 12, he starts off urging his brothers. He says, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy. Paul's about to ask the Christians in Rome, the saints in Rome, the called by God in Rome, he's about to ask them to do something. He's about to encourage them to do something. But he first takes a little side street, sidestep to remind them of everything that he's mentioned in Romans chapter 1 through 11. He says, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy. So basically, Paul is saying, in view of everything that I've just told you in the beginning of this letter, in view of all that God has done, all that you are, and all that God has done through Jesus Christ, in view of that, I want you to do something. But I want you to listen to this. Listen to what he says in Romans 3, 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We memorize that as little kids, don't we? But if you ever memorize 24, it says this, and are justified freely by his grace to the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. That is God's mercy. What Paul is saying in chapter 12, verse 1, in view of, is in view of 23 and 24 in chapter 3. Also in chapter 5, verse 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, what? Christ died for us. God's mercy, in view of his mercy. Not only there, but in in chapter 6, verse 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. God's mercy. Chapter 8, verse 1, therefore there is now no condemnation. 
for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin. One more in Romans chapter 10. Very famous that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Paul says in chapter, chapter 12, verse 1, he says, in view of God's mercy, in view of all those things I've just told you, that you were a sinner, that you had fallen short of God's glory, that you were nowhere close to the standard that God expected in your life. But because of that, in view of it, he, he sent Christ to die on the cross for you. That is God's mercy. Not I deserved it. Not that I was worthy of it. Not that I had done anything to... to, to to receive that, God's mercy. Paul says there in chapter 12, as he's turned, he's making a turn from this, this whole idea of, of, of salvation and what God has done and, and studying that, he's taking a, a turn and going practical and saying, now because of what I've just told you, let me ask you something. Paul says this, in view of God's mercy, I ask you, I beg you, I urge you, offer your bodies as sacrifices to give your whole life everything that you are. Church, I'm not going to do this because it's only 11.42 and we don't get out of here till at least 12 o'clock. But I could stop right here and say this, that what God's Word says in verse 1 is this, that because of what He's done, and I'm going to say this, most of us in this room have freely accepted God's mercy on our life, have we not? We ought to be living our lives fully and committed to Him, offering ourselves as a living, holy, pleasing sacrifice to Him. Not a Sunday morning thing, not a Sunday night thing, not a Wednesday night thing, but a daily sacrifice of giving my life to Him. We offer our bodies as a sacrifice. We see this in the Old Testament. I told the first service, I I really wanted to do something. I, I really, a few weeks ago when I started looking at this passage, I said, I want to bring a goat in and walk that goat down and give us that image, that picture of, of the Old Testament sacrifice when they would bring their live animals. And you know that animals are loud and dirty and stinky. They would walk them in the temple. They would place them on the sacrifice, on the altar. The priest would sacrifice, kill them, and the blood would run out over the altar. What a beautiful picture of what Christ did for us, that He laid His life on the cross and shed His blood for you. I was at a wedding yesterday, my cousin's wedding, Lake Kiwi, a beautiful setting. One of the most beautiful things I've seen at a wedding I've never seen before. During one of the songs, my cousin took a bowl and a pitcher and he washed his bride's feet. as a commitment, stating that I will serve you for the rest of my life as my Savior served me. The pastor mentioned John 13 where where Jesus washed his disciples' feet. And I've seen that story over and over. I've read it, I've listened to it, I've heard it preached many times. But as I listened to that pastor yesterday, he said a phrase that stuck out to me. And it said this, that Jesus got up from washing his disciples' feet and he told them, I have set an example for you. I think about the example Christ set for all of us. When we come to Romans chapter 12, and Paul says, in view of God's mercy, 
in view of the example that God set through Jesus Christ and the sacrifice of His life, He is asking us, do the same. There is no excuse. We could stop there, go home, be, be done, and enough response would be taking place because I know that I have not offered my body as a sacrifice daily as much as I can in view of what God did for me. He says, offer your bodies as a sacrifice. You belong to another. Did you know that? In Christ, you belong to another, not yourself. Then he goes on, he says this, he says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, perfect will. Do not conform to the pattern of this world any longer. He says there's a, there's a difference. There's this outward change and this inward change, this transformation that takes place in our life. He says do not conform any longer to the standards of our world, to the pattern and the model of what the world has said. This morning I was talking to someone and son turned 21 and, and a lady in his, in his office asked, said, are you going to take him out for a drink later? He says, no. He said, why would I? And she goes, because that's what you do. You're 21, you go drink. What we've done as Christians begin to conform to the pattern of this world and whatever the world says, whatever the world expects of me as a Christian, I do. Paul says, do not, do not be a slave to that any longer. Do not conform to that, but be transformed in the renewing of your mind. This word transform is where we get our word metamorphosis. This transformation, this change that takes place, and this change is not just any change, it's a completely different change. Paul says something happens inside of us. Something takes place that is not just an outward appearance. It is not just that I clean up outside, that I I quit doing this or quit doing that, or that I begin to dress nice or begin to comb my hair the right way, or I do this or do that. It is not about an outward change that takes place. It is about transformation that happens in our hearts and in our minds. That is when we see God's will for our life. Outward conformity versus inward transformation. Then he goes on to say this, For for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Let me just go ahead, and I didn't do this in the first one. How many of you have have ever dealt with pride? Thank you, I didn't want to be alone. We all deal with pride, and pride has this funny way of sneaking in, doesn't it? Especially in today's world. I was setting up the camera this morning, and Steve Robbins came up to me. He said, this is going to be the ultimate selfie, isn't it? I was like, yes, I guess it would be. And, and, and I, said, I started thinking, I'm thinking, this is what our generation, our world has come to. Selfies. It's about me. It's about what I do. It's about how good I am, or how... how, how It's about me. And and I read this this week. I said this. Gospel ministry is not about self. But all about sacrifice. See, pride is the opposite. Pride is not about sacrifice. This is about me. And oftentimes, we as Christians begin to conform to the pattern of this world and allow self to step in and, and, and take center stage. But really what Christ is saying, I've set an example I've set an example for you to lay down your life. It's not about you. Paul Paul did this. Paul said this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 15. 
He said, I will most gladly spend and be spent for you. Wow. Paul, to the church of Corinth, tells them that I don't care about my life. It is not about me, but I will sacrifice every single thing in my life for you. And he did that. He gave everything he had for the church of Jesus Christ. And Paul's saying, this is us. This is what you must do in view of God's mercy, in view of everything he has done in your life, offer your bodies as sacrifice, not conforming to the pattern of this world. Are you finding gladness in giving yourself for the sake of the church? Do you find joy in serving the body of Christ? It should bring some joy. There should be gladness in my life because I get to serve here and I get to, to serve others and I get to do what God has called me to do. In view of God's mercy, I should be willing to lay it all down and say it doesn't matter what I want, what I desire, only what Christ desires. Then he goes on to say this. For just in each of us, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we though many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. In Christ, we are one body. As much as, much as it feels sometimes when we come here, we feel like we're separated. We go to our own BSF classes, which are separated. We come to our own worship service, which is separated from all the others. What Paul is saying is this, and no, no, no. That is not important. What is important is that we are still one body, unified under one Savior. Yes, we are many members. Yes, we all have different functions, but we are unified in Christ. And that's important to see that we are one. But he says this, we belong for another. Look, look back in, in chapter 12, and he says this in verse 5. And each, this is the NIV, it says, and each member belongs to all the others. I said this earlier, that you belong to another, you also belong to each other. In Christ, as the body of Christ, as the family of God, we not only belong to Him, we belong to them. You were not created to sit and soak and desire what you want and get what you want and do what you want and serve yourself. You were not created that. Remember, the gospel ministry is not about self. It is about sacrifice. And Paul says you belong to each other. To serve one another. To give of yourself to each other. Just as Paul said, I gladly spend my life, pour out my life as a drink offering for you. Are you pouring out your life for others? Or are you living day to day for you? When you come on Sunday morning, what do you come for? Do you come hoping to hear a good word, hoping the music pleases your ears? Or do you come because you know that the person sitting beside you may need you today? We belong to each other, the Bible says. Paul says that you belong to each other. You are one body. You have many functions. Verse 6, he says this. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. This is interesting. 
each one of us has different gifts. Paul uses this, this idea of the body and the church a lot of times in Corinthians. He shares this, talks about us being many members that make up one body. And so he compares us to the body. I told the first service this morning, I said, what if you were to walk out of here and all of a sudden your eyes were to decide that they would no longer serve your body? Would that make you happy? What if all of a sudden as you were driving home, your right foot decided that it would take a break because it was tired and it no longer wanted to serve its purpose as your, the function of your foot? What we have done as a church is we've become, pride begin to sneak in, selfishness begin to sneak in and say, listen, I'm just not feeling it today. I'm not feeling it this year. I think I just need to step down because I'm so tired of serving. No, see, God did not save you and sacrifice His Son, Jesus Christ, for you to serve every other year. He said you need to offer your bodies as sacrifices, living, holy, and pleasing to God. Not on Sunday, not on Sunday night, not on Wednesday, but every single day of my life is not mine. Why? Because in view of God's mercy, I belong to someone else. The members of this body do not belong to me. And the other thing is this, that we have different gifts, that each one of us in these pews has different gifts to serve others given by God. We recognize that our giftedness and the spiritual gifts that we have, whether it's prophesying or teaching or serving or encouraging or leading or mercy or giving or, or others, those things were gifted to us by God what God has done in us. And he says this, and I'm not going to go through each gift and explain these. I'm going to kind of tell you how we can do that later. But what I want you to see here is this. If your gift is this, then use it. This is basically what Paul is saying. Each and every one of us has been gifted with something by God to serve the body of Christ. And he says, you need to find out what it is because whatever it is, then you need to do it. Why? Why do I need to do that? Why is that important, Chris? Why is it important I learn the gifts that God has given me and I use them? Because of God's mercy. Why wouldn't I? If God had gifted me to teach or to lead or to serve or to give, why would I not want to do that? In view of what God did through Christ on the cross, why would I not want to? Many of us in this room would freely accept the mercy of God, wouldn't we? The cross of Christ and what He did and shed His blood for me and the forgiveness. God, I'll take that. He says, offer your bodies as a sacrifice. You belong to another, but you also belong to each other. And that's why we're here. We want to equip you and help you discover your place of ministry and where it is God has, has gifted you so that you can use that, not for yourself, not so you can grow. This is not about you. It's about Him and other people coming to know Him. So this is what I want to do. In closing, on your bullets and cover, hopefully you got one of these. If you did not, I'll kind of explain another way that you can do this. But some of you recognize this QR code in the bottom right-hand corner. Some of you are going, this has got to be a sign of the devil. It is not. <laughs> I assure you, we have not turned that over to that. But this is actually just a way for you to connect to a web page on our website. Many of you have smartphones. 
And so what we wanted to do, I told Ron this week, I said, Ron, how can we take away something and get our people connected and understanding what their gifts are and then how they can use them? We've done many different things, and this is just a simple way for us to put in your hands to find out what it is my gifts are. I ask students all the time, what are your gifts? No clue. I'm sure I could go around here and ask you, what are your spiritual gifts? What is it God has gifted you with? He's obviously done it. That's what he says in his word. What are your gifts? If you don't know, this is a way for you to find out. I want you to scan that. If you have a smartphone, you'll scan that. It'll take you to a website, our page, and it's it's a free inventory you can take right there. You can take it on your phone right now. Boom, 10 minutes, you'll be done. And then what we want to do is this. Once you find out what those gifts are, we want to sit down with you. We want to sit down with you one-on-one and help you discover where you can serve using those gifts that God has given you. See, we wouldn't be doing our job correctly or what God has called us to do if we did not equip you to become the fully devoted followers of Christ you need to be. And so we want to do that. So you can do that with your smartphone. You say, I don't have a smartphone or I don't really know what that means and I'm afraid to to do it or it might give me a virus or something. If that's you, that's all right. You can come by our next step table at the, at the vestibule and say, you know what, I want to know. I want to know what God has gifted me with. Because of His mercy, because of the sacrifice He made, He set the example, I'm going to follow. And so you come by the table there, we're going to get your name, we're going to contact you, we're going to help you, we'll get you a, a paper inventory so you can do it there. Or if you know your gifts and you say, you know what, I just need to find a place to serve. We want to sit down with you and help you find that place to serve. Why, Chris? Why is this important? Anytime I read the Word, there has to be a response. Anytime I look into the Scripture, what God has to say to me, there needs to be a response. And all I can say is this, in view of God's mercy, why not? In view of God's mercy, why not serve? Why not give your life up for others? Because you don't belong to yourself. You're not your own. You're His. And He saved you for them. I encourage you this morning, do something about it. Don't walk out of here not knowing still. You have a way. You have, uh, you have options. You, you have a way to connect and see what God has put inside of you to use it. And I'm going to tell you something. Our church, Mount Airy Baptist Church, will be better because of it. My body is good because it all works right now. When the body of Christ is working and functioning as He's called us, it's a beautiful picture. Will you sacrifice your life today for Jesus Christ because of what He did for you? Pray with me. Father God, I thank You so much for Your Word. I thank You for training us, teaching us, God, that it is not about us. It is about You. I pray this morning, God, that many of us will decide to follow You, either for the first time or for the second or third or hundredth or thousand God that we give our lives to you we belong to you God we owe you our lives I pray this morning if anybody doesn't know you has not accepted trusted in you I pray this morning they would do that
pray this morning they would see the mercy of God in their life. And they would accept and trust you with their lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.